32. And Brother Bill mentioned this verse a couple of weeks ago, or these verses, and he presented them in a way that made me question what I'm about to do. But over prayer and guidance from God, I'm going to go with it. Um, when you find Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32, if you will, please stand with me as we read the Word of God this morning. Romans 1, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which is due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them you may be seated
Friends, can you see that in today's society there is but one sin? There's only one sin, and that is to call sin, sin. If we do that, we are labeled as intolerant and full of hate. We are called bigots and told that we're judging people. A man in today's society may be sick, but he's not sinful. He may be weak, but he's not wicked. And he may be ill, but he's not evil. And even if he were to tell people that what they were doing was wrong, they would have some excuse for it. It would be their environment, or it would be genetics. It would be ignorance. But nobody wants to be blamed. Well, today, we're going to learn something about the wrath of God, the judgment of God. Now, this is one area that a lot of preachers will stay away from, and like I said, I second-guessed myself on it. Everybody's afraid of offending somebody in today's world. But I think, with the way things are, and the direction that we are headed, maybe we need to hear this. Verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed. The wrath of God. Did y'all catch that? The wrath of God is revealed. Now we hear a lot about the love of God, and God is love. He is infinite, boundless, and measureless love. But this God of love is also a God of wrath. And when we love righteousness, we hate sin. A doctor who loves health, he hates germs and microbes. And when we love children, we hate child abuse. So you see... We cannot have a God of love without also having a God of wrath. There has to be a balance. And if we just take the love of God, then friends, we only have half the story. And our God that we serve is not a half-baked God. Amen. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. He is the complete package. Yeah. Now God is love, but when we take half the truth and try to make half of the truth the whole truth, then that half of the truth becomes a complete untruth. Amen. Because we have now distorted it. And that balance that I just mentioned is way out of whack. There has to be balance. So verse 18 says, The wrath, yes, friends, the wrath of God is revealed 
That's God's burning anger against sin. And down there in verse 20, it says, so they are without excuse. There's one thing that God will not accept for sin, and that, my friends, is an excuse. He will accept the confession, and our God is faithful to forgive. But friends, there is no excuse. Man is inexcusable in his sin. And examining our verses closely, we can see that there are three progressive steps in sin. Step number one is man's willful self-determination. Verse 21 explains that they want to get rid of even the thought of God. Step number two is man's wicked self-deception. Verse 18 says that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. And then down there in verses 22 through 25, he explains that he blinds himself. Thus, he deceives himself. And step number three is man's woeful self-destruction. You see, self-determination leads to self-deception, and that leads to self-destruction. And there's probably a sermon for each one of those. But that's not my focus today. The rest of the chapter now talks about this destruction that I just mentioned. First of all, this destruction comes in several stages, we can see. And those stages of this destruction is my focus point today. People who turn from God always, almost always, become sexually corrupted. Verses 26 through 27 says, For this cause... Well, let's go back a couple verses. Go back to verse 25. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. And for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Now what's he talking about here when he says vile affections? Well, let's continue. For even their women exchanged the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompenses of their error which is meat or, not fi- or fitting. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What God is talking about right here in this passage before our eyes is sodomy. Is the sin of... uh, Moral perversion. 
is homosexuality. Now notice how God calls this sin. Actually, he begins back in verse 24 where he says it's uncleanness, lust, and dishonor. Verse 26, he calls it a vile affection. And he says it's against nature. Verse 27, he says it's unseemly. And if you really wanted to dig deep, you could flip back to Leviticus where he calls it an abomination. It's amazing to me, as plain as this is, it's amazing to me to listen to those who want to practice this sin do their fancy footwork to get around and try to explain the plain meaning of God's Word. As a matter of fact, the explosion of sexual perversion that we are seeing today in our country and around the world is in fact one of the great signs that we're living in the last days and that we are ripe for judgment. Our Lord said in Luke chapter 17 that the last days were going to be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Now Lot, you will remember, lived in a society that glorified sodomy and sexual perversion. And God destroyed ancient Sodom with fire and brimstone. Second Peter Chapter 2, verse 6 says that he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Condemning them with an overthrow. Making them an example to those who should after live ungodly. God left Sodom and Gomorrah in ashes as an example to those who come after. But we've forgotten that today. You know, sometimes it seems to me like the only thing we learn from history is that we don't learn anything from history anymore. Many say, many say, that's not like America. Sodom was perverts. They lived in a wild, animal-like society. I want you to look at this. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 and 50, it says, Behold, this was the inequity of thy, thy sister Sodom, pride fullness of bread an abundance of idleness was, her, was in her and in her daughters neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy and they were haughty and committed abomination before me therefore I took them away as I saw good God said they were full of bread. They were full of idleness. 
there was prosperity. But they were proud. And they were haughty. And they strutted. They strutted and they were proud of their sin. Sin that used to sleep down back alleys here in the United States now walks proudly down Main Street, USA. Now I'll probably get letters and emails and Facebook messages and text messages calling me a hate-filled bigot for preaching this today. But friends, if it's in my Bible, then it's in your Bible. Your argument is with God. Friends, I am honor-bound to preach God's Word. That is, God's whole Word. You see, a nation that cannot distinguish about moral perversion is a nation that is on its last legs. Isaiah chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. For Jerusalem is ruined and Judah has fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of His glory. The show of their countenance doth witness against them. They declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have awarded evil unto themselves. God said, this is what ruined His people. And I submit to you today that it will be the ruin of America as surely as there is a God in glory. Pornography is flooding our country. It's more available now than ever before. It eventually finds itself in the hands of our children. Vile and wicked garbage in the hands of our children who will be one day the leaders of this nation. A certain preacher once told me that while jogging, he once found one of these magazines laying on the side of the road. He hesitated to pick it up, but he didn't want anybody else seeing it, so he picked it up to take it to the garbage can. The whole time he was thinking, if something happens to me now, my witness is ruined because they're going to find this on me. But the point of my story is, that's how easy it is to come by. It's just laying out there on the side of the road. And magazines are nothing in today's society because of the internet. When one used to have to ask before it, ask for it behind the counter, now they have it readily in the privacy of their own homes. Lord help us. It's a perversion of what was meant to be a beautiful thing. Do you think that God is against sex? God is in favor of sex. God made us sexual creatures. God made Adam and God made Eve. And when He gave Eve to Adam, what did He say? This is very 
good. And when God says, flee fornication, when God says, thou shalt not commit adultery, when God says, thou shalt not lie with man as man lies with a woman, He's not trying to keep us from sex. He's trying to keep sex for us. It is God's wonderful gift. But the devil, the devil is a pervert. He has no raw materials for himself, so he has to take what God has made and he has to corrupt it. And that is exactly what's happened here. So they became sexually corrupted in our text. And then people who turn from God most always become socially corrupted. In verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God, God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And oh, friends, if we don't have a reprobate-minded society today. It says God gave them over to a reprobate-minded society, or a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. Are y'all with me on this? Malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unforgiving, unmerciful, and friends, there it is. For all of you that I haven't already offended this morning, I probably just did. Because you see, that list, I'm sure that we're on. Every single one of us, including me. The world becomes a madhouse. When people turn from God. And we live in our self-made selves and lock ourselves in at night and hoodlums run up and down the streets. Our wives and our children are afraid to go out at night. We can't even let our kids play in the yard during the daylight hours by themselves. And this is the mayhem like we have today. Tell me I'm wrong. This is exactly what's happening right now. We have riots in the streets. We have people walking into churches and shooting them up. We have deceit that runs rapid all across our country. I saw a video of a gang of teenagers that just picked somebody out on the street and started beating them up. Just for no reason they didn't even know this person. And to make it worse, there was a whole group of people standing around watching it, letting it happen. 
This is what we're living in today. Socially corrupted. So man will become sexually corrupted and then man becomes socially corrupted and then man becomes spiritually corrupted. Look in verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but also approve of those who do the same. We have begun, friends, to entertain ourselves. And how do we entertain ourselves? Sitcoms about drunkenness, perversion, immorality, adultery. And that means the devil has a pipeline straight into our living rooms, right into our houses where we live, where we think we are safe. The devil is there. And we have allowed him to come in. Quote me now. Watching people sin... Approving of that sin is sin. Now folks, I am broken hearted this morning for America. Listen to me. God's people need to get on their face before the Almighty in prayer. And I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about yesterday. I'm talking about this is what we should have been doing all along. Three times in this section. The words say, God gave them up. God gave them up and God gave them over. Do you guys know the worst thing that God can do to America? The very worst thing that God can do. Just leave us alone. Just say, all right, you've got it. Take your vices. Take your lust. Take your evolution. Take your abortion. Take your gay marriages. Take it all. You've got it. Friends, I hope that doesn't happen. I pray that doesn't happen. But it says here, God gave them up. God gave them up and God gave them over. If you think this morning it's revival time in America, say amen. 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 It's revival time in America. Time for us to seek the Lord because Romans 1 is right now being replayed over for us. Willful self-determination. Wicked self-deception. 
and woeful self-destruction. Now I said at the beginning that there has to be a balance. Correct? There has to be a balance. So right now you're probably asking is there any good news in these terrible times? My friends, I'm here to tell you this morning. Yes, there is. Amen. There is good news. And the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's what Romans is about. Romans is about the gospel. And the word gospel means good news. Amen. That's the reason as long as God has a heart thumping in my chest and gives me a breath and a voice, I want to be a gospel preacher. I want to be able to tell it clearly and plainly. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Turn from your sins and trust Christ for your salvation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to commit now what America today calls the only sin. I want to call sin, sin, but then I want to tell them the remedy. Yes. Every sin Every sin, somebody say every. every, every, every sin can be forgiven. Amen. Friends, I don't care what you've done, and I don't care how far you think you are from God. We are never out of the reach of God's love. Amen. Now, how can every sin be forgiven? Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Jesus will come into our life radically, dramatically, and eternally change our hearts. He will put His Spirit into us and He will not only change us, but He will empower us. And when the time comes to go to heaven, He will take us there. And if the worst happens in America, if God is consistent as He has been with Sodom, and if He spares our lives, we want to be the ones helping others get saved. Amen? I want to pull drowning people to the shore instead of being in that survival mode myself. Friends, that's why we have to prepare. We prepare our souls, we prepare our houses, we prepare our witnesses because the fields all around us are white and they may begin to burn. And we hold their hope. Today, if you have never prepared, if you've never turned from your sins, and turn to Christ, you've got that opportunity. 
won't you just come and allow me to show you what the Bible says about how you can have that assurance of an eternal home in heaven. During our invitation, you've got that opportunity. But maybe you've already trusted Christ for your salvation, but now you realize you've not been doing the work. Now you realize there's more work to do. Well, I invite you to come and pray this morning. Pray for His guidance. Pray for Him to empower you. Because we're going to need that power that He supplies to endure all the criticisms and the insults that the world and Satan are going to throw at us. We're going to need His power in order to complete our mission for His glory. Amen? Come this morning and pray. Pray for your neighbors and your community. Pray for your state, friends. Pray for your country. Because that is the only way things are going to change. When God's people get on their face and worship Him and put Him first, things will change when the church begins to put God first. Things will change when we realize that, hey, we don't have what it takes to change anything without Him. Let me pray for you.